This is a message from the Maricopa County Department of Public Health. Este es un mensaje del Departamento de Salud Pública del Condado Maricopa y puede escucharlo en español al final. Public Health has learned that a person with this phone number has tested positive for COVID-19. Please visit www.maricopa.gov forward slash COVID positive to answer a few questions about your illness, who you may have been in close contact with while you were sick, and to learn more about how to stay safe. To keep others around you from getting sick, please stay home and keep six feet away from others. If you cannot stay six feet away from others in your home, please wear a mask. If you have questions about the reason you received this call, please call 602-747-7099. If you have not had a COVID-19 test, please disregard this message. Salud Pública se enteró de que una persona con este número de teléfono ha dado positivo al COVID-19. Por favor, visite www.maricopa.gov-covid-positive para responder algunas preguntas sobre su enfermedad, con quién pudo haber estado en contacto cercano mientras estuvo enfermo, y para obtener más información sobre cómo mantenerse a salvo. Para evitar que otros a su alrededor se enfermen, quédese en casa y manténgase a dos metros de distancia de los demás. Si no puede mantenerse a dos metros de distancia de otras personas en su hogar, use una máscara. Si tiene preguntas sobre el motivo por el que recibió esta llamada, llame al 602-747-7099. Si no se ha hecho una prueba COVID-19, por favor, ignore este mensaje. This country was founded by slave owners who wanted to be free. <laughs> Am I right? A group of slave owners who wanted to be free. So they killed a lot of white English people in order to continue owning their black African people so they could wipe out the rest of the red Indian people and move west and steal the rest of the land from the brown Mexican people, giving them a place to take off and drop their nuclear weapons on the yellow Japanese people. You know what the motto? You know what the motto of this country ought to be? You give us a color, we'll wipe it out. Six feet apart, everyone, listen here. Six feet apart. We don't want to kill anybody at home. Six feet apart. Hey, bro. I also wanted to let you know that I was uh, in New York this weekend for a wedding and uh, I got the vaccine, but it was the, uh, I guess, the less researched Chinese one. But they said that so far they haven't seen any side effects. Um, but if I see any side effects, then I'll definitely uh, let you know. But uh, as of right now, there's nothing that I can see that's a side effect for the vaccine. So if you would like to get one, I can make you an appointment. No problem. Uh, hope uh, everything is okay with you and uh, have a good day. Okay, bye.
There's restrictions. Mr. Speaker, I rise this morning in defense of Governor Gavin Newsom, who recently defied his own idiotic COVID edicts as he partied at one of the few restaurants that's not yet been forced out of business. I defend him because he was doing what we once all did in a free society, make our own decisions over what risks we're willing to run and what precautions we're willing to take according to our own circumstances to protect our own health. Yes, COVID is a nasty bug, and a quarter of a million Americans have died while having it. But this isn't the bubonic plague. The CDC's best estimate is that if you're under 49, your chance for surviving COVID, if you get it, is 99.92%. Even if you're over 70, you have a 94.6% rate of recovery. 40% who get it don't even know they have it. And yet we've allowed our officials to ruin our quality of life over it, destroying countless businesses, throwing tens of millions into unemployment, robbing our children of their educations, and shredding our most cherished rights as Americans. Governor Newsom's night of partying should be a wake-up call for every American. Every time we step outside our homes, the risks that we face multiply. A free society assumes that its citizens are competent to assess those risks, balance them against the avoidance costs, and to manage their decisions in a generally responsible way. It's called common sense, and it's a necessary prerequisite for self-government and liberty. The choice of an octogenarian with emphysema might be very different from those of a healthy governor of California. Only a fool would claim the omniscience to make an informed judgment for every person in every circumstance in every community. Yet sadly, this crisis has revealed that fools abound in public office and that a fool with power can quickly become a petty tyrant. Which brings us back to Governor Newsom. These government nannies love to tell us that they're just following the science. Well, what does the science actually tell us? It tells us that COVID poses virtually no risk to children, but it can be severe among the elderly. So what did these lockdown leftists do? They closed all the schools and ordered infected patients into nursing homes. The science tells us that outdoor transmissions of the virus are extremely rare and that 80% of infections occur in people's homes. So what did these lockdown leftists do? They closed our beaches, parks, and campgrounds and ordered people to stay at home. The science tells us that obesity is a contributing factor to the severity of the disease. So what did these lockdown leftists do? They closed all the gyms and kept the liquor stores open. These lockdowns haven't saved lives. The states with the most stringent lockdowns generally have the highest mortality rates from COVID. Utah stayed open while next door Colorado shut down. Utah currently has half the COVID mortality rate and three-fourths the unemployment rate as Colorado. But the lockdowns have cost countless lives from suicides, drug and alcohol abuse, domestic violence, and deferred health screenings and treatments. Recently, Governor Newsom demanded that restaurant diners replace their masks after every bite, but also minimize the times they're taken off. I guess that means you take really big bites. Thanksgiving dinners are allowed in California, but only when they're held outside 
Guests are seated six feet apart, and they last no more than two hours. Now, it's all right to use the bathroom, but only if it's frequently sanitized. Otherwise, presumably, you'll just have to use the bushes. And for God's sake, no singing. I've wondered how much longer the American people are going to tolerate this nonsense. So let us not criticize Governor Newsom. Perhaps he's just offered us all deliverance from his own folly. Nor should we criticize the California legislators who ignored travel and quarantine restrictions to junket in Hawaii. Nor should we ridicule Speaker Pelosi for choosing not to wear a mask in a hair salon that was forced to close for the rest of us. Good for them. They're demonstrating by their actions the freedom that every American citizen needs to reclaim from these very same people. The governor should make his own decisions about running his own life. I only ask that he and his ilk would stop telling the rest of us how to run ours. Representative. I'd say even if you live alone, I would wear a mask in the house, especially in the shower, because frankly, droplets can make the way through the drain and come up through somebody else's toilet, infecting them with COVID through the anus. Uh, ballpark in two to five to 20 years, we can start thinking about considering the idea of pondering the thought of conceptualizing the possibility of maybe perhaps reopening but probably not i would avoid having any fun whatsoever in the near to far future Here's a question I suppose that is probably pretty important to talk about, even though um, we've been beaten over the head so much with all this bullshit, everyone is just submitting, um, and I think it's important uh, to never give up, never give up. Um, you know, if you've ever been in a fight and you're exhausted and you're, and you're getting your ass kicked, you have that feeling inside you where you're just like, you want to give up, but then there's something else inside you that says you can't give up you will to, to live to fight is more important than being a fucking coward and here's here's what bugs me about what's going on the fact that the nation put Fauci on a pedestal and you know he kind of said you know I almost feel like he said it with like a smirk on his face like you know a mass is going to give you a false feeling that you're going to be safe. And then he fucking flip flops. And now this fucking douchebag is wearing two fucking masks and people are calling him out on it and he's still going for it. Right. And you're like, what the fuck this is crazy? And then you got all those people that are afraid who were Fauci fans and hated Trump all fell in line with all this bullshit. It was pretty easy, right? 
Oh, uh, and then and now we got the vaccination talk where it's it's all about the vaccination. It's unreal how fucking stupid we are. And without the masks, the vaccination is a non-topic. It really is. They use the mask to make sure majority of people and their hope was to get all people vaccinated. They used the fucking mask. There's no evidence proving that masks work. There's tons of surgeons and doctors and scientists who say there is no evidence. I know there's other people that are saying that there is, but didn't these motherfuckers all go to the same kind of schools? So who are you going to believe? You're going to believe the one who's the one who's put on a pedestal who said that, hey, you don't need to wear a mask. It's going to give you a false, you know, uh, give you a, a false sense of safety. And then he flip flops and says, you absolutely should wear one. And I can see us wearing one for the next, you know, two, three years. Isn't it ironic? fucking masks don't work maybe the virus is real but you know the research that i'm reading i'm trying to figure out well, what's the survival rate if i get it you know I'm, I'm somewhat healthy right i've taken over the course of my life i've been pretty healthy i don't work out a ton but i eat good my weight's always been good i don't have high blood pressure i check my blood pressure i check my pulse rate weekly just a weird obsession that i have is that bad then I look around, I see all these other motherfuckers who are, you know, saying all this crazy bullshit and they're fucking 80 pounds, 100 pounds overweight, or they're just sending out fucking emails to the community. You know, they actually work in the school districts and, and telling us, you know, what guidelines we're following. Taking this ideology that's complete lies and turning it into a policy, forcing people to do something because of fucking fear. I'm just. I don't fucking get it. And I'm never going to claim that I'm I'm a scholar by any means or a person who loves to go to school and, and collects information. But I know when I'm being fucking lied to. And so do you. But your fear will, will trigger you to do all kinds of stuff, man. It'll trigger you to run. That flight and fight response. And uh, I know I'm right on this, and I know a lot of people think I'm right on it, and I know other people are just—they're so consumed with the conversation of, you know, getting the mask and let's get past this, get the vaccination. You know, what's the end game here? There is no fucking end game. There is no fucking end game. You got a fucking a president who is elected with a ton of controversy and supposedly was elected by 81 million fucking people. And there's a ton of controversy with it. And then you got him telling people that you're going to pay a price for not getting vaccinated. So I'm reading these other articles. There's other people like they're, they're calling people who are against masks and vaccinations extreme right wing people like 
that's a it's a I'm sure there are people like that but to, to say that is uh, it's fucking stupid it, it'd be like saying that I'm extreme right wing as of a year and a half ago I did not give two fucks about any of this bullshit the only thing I care about is the fact that you're going to force me to do something I don't want to do because you have a fucking agenda Whatever that agenda is, I want no fucking parts of it. Fuck you. I don't know why everyone's so fucking afraid to die anyway. We talk about this shit all the time. You're going to fucking die at some point. I have a friend that we talk about. It's like, yeah, we're going to end up in the muck at some point. So just go live your life and do the best you fucking can and try to be good and, you know, and spread some love into the world and do some stuff. That shit ain't happening. Motherfuckers are running around with their heads cut off, crying at the sky is crying, the falling, and and you know. But you look at the survival rate from the coronavirus. I mean, I keep looking it up. Like, is there other are the numbers different than what is really happening? Like, your chance of fucking dying from the coronavirus are m- minimal. Yet we act like we can't die from it. Yet people are eating and putting shit in their body on a daily basis, poisoning themselves killing themselves slowly and they have the right to do that right they do you have the right to do that but you don't have the right to tell everyone else that they need to wear a mask or they need to get vaccinated to protect your fat fucking ass most of the people that are fucking dying have some other bullshit going on it's not just COVID they have other shit going on and some of that is not necessarily their fault right but dude life is fucked up you fucking live and you fucking die sometimes it's tragic sometimes it's beautiful but it isn't like you're you're gonna just survive you're gonna take with the vaccination and and, wait you think you're gonna now you're safe from death I don't know but the masks the, the big thing with the mask was to set this fucking vaccination up. I, I, it had to be. Because if you got a guy that's put on a pedestal and all of a sudden changes his tune, talking about Fauci, you can look up the videos. I mean, they're all over the place. I, I just don't, I just can't, I can't, I can't get it. But it didn't matter because once you got that fear put in you in March of 2020, once that thing started in you, there's no way for you to escape it. I remember hearing the conversations early on from some family members, some close friends that I've known since I was a little kid and thinking, uh-oh, something's wrong and it ain't fucking me. I'm not confused. These motherfuckers are full of fear. And when that happens, shit gets squirrely. Get squirrely. You know, it's kind of like a boxer, right? They get in a ring with a guy who doesn't know how to fight. It's dangerous because, mm, you know, he's he's going absolutely bullshit. It isn't like the pro fighter can't handle it, but you got you to gotta protect yourself, right? That's how these motherfuckers are. Freaking out. I mean, freaking out. Been freaking out. And now they're not. No. They probably got their vaccination shot. They feel like everything's safe. Like, nothing, like death isn't coming for them. It's coming, motherfucker.
So I'm a surgeon. I've been in a mask for 40 years of my life. And until now, until 2020, I never heard that masks made a difference to viral transmission. This is a new narrative. Now, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I think this is a nonsense narrative. And you don't need a, a medical degree, and you don't need a lot of science background to figure this out. A little common sense goes a long way. Now, this is a little meme I got early on in this whole thing. And it shows a guy in an ear-loop face mask. This is the kind of mask that we're being told you have to wear in the hospital for the protection of patients and yourself. Here's a guy who's doing drywall. He's putting up, you know, the same thing with builds buildings. He's putting up uh, drywall, and drywall particles are 10 microns. Okay, the coronavirus is 0.1 microns. You can see what this does to drywall. You really think, and the beauty of this picture is that we can see drywall particles. The problem is you cannot see the coronavirus. But this is very obvious. And it's not just that it's getting through the mask. It's, it's not protecting you at all. But look at where it's going. The, the mask is actually acting almost like a Venturi effect, and the particles are around the guy's nose. And I'm going to talk about later that may be pertinent because we're finding out masks. I said before, I said the strongest argument for mask wearing is it sounds good. The, the strongest argument against mask wearing is it doesn't work at all. But it actually might even be worse than that. Now, this was sent to me by my friend uh, who's an anesthesiologist. And this is the box the mask came in. By the way, you have boxes somewhere out there. I just read the same thing. And it says right on the box of these ear loop masks. These masks do not provide protection against COVID or other viruses and contaminants. It's not like we've never looked at this before. You know, OSHA knows about this. Now, size matters when it comes to viruses and masks, okay? So just to put this in perspective, um, the, 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 what we're dealing with are the smallest groups of viruses. We're not saying masks don't work for everything. Masks are, were designed basically for tuberculosis. And they work for these things. Tuberculosis is a big globular mycobacterium, but it doesn't work for these tiny, tiny viruses. So coronavirus is in the family like rhinovirus, adenovirus, influenza. These are the seasonal respiratory viruses that come around every year. And, and the, the one you should look at, smallpox, okay, I got interested when I was on a, a, a committee looking at defense stuff. I'm worried about smallpox. Smallpox is the most deadly disease known to mankind. Now, in the 20th century, smallpox killed more people than all the wars put together. I think if we could have masked it away, we would have done so. Unfortunately, and that's a bigger virus particle than this. So, this is just an overview of masks. You have to have a mask in the Costco, that's why it's the Costco approved mask. So, the guy on the left is a surgeon, and we're going to talk about surgical masks. Surgical masks really are for two reasons. It's to prevent blood and fluids to splash on us, and it's to prevent us from accidentally drilling in the wound. Um, I, I love the mask on the top. That's an OSHA N95 mask. So there are two types of N95 masks. The one on the bottom is a, is a, is a medical N95 mask where it says TB. The one on the top is the OSHA N95 mask, and that's for industrial use, like the guy doing drywall. Now, it's great. It, these masks are rated to, to filter out 95% of 0.3 or bigger micron dust. But that's a one-way valve. So, you know, if you think you're protecting your neighbor, when you blow out, you're just blowing out whatever you have in your system out of the air. In contrast, now, this is a very um, serious mask on the bottom, the TV mask there. That's what we're putting nurses in now for eight hours of shift in the ICUs. And I'm going to tell you, these are somewhat hateful to wear. I probably had to wear one three times in my life for surgery. It's not very common. But people that you suspect of TB, you wear this mask. And here's the thing. As a physician, here's what we do. When you're in the hospital, these things come in sizes. So it's not just you just put them off the shelf and wear them. 
your, your size is sized to you, just like shoes. You're taught by the infectious disease nurse how to put them on, and we know how to take them off sterilely so we don't contaminate the environment around us. You know, what do, what do we see people doing? They take the mask off, they put them on the dinner table, put the phone on it. I mean, this, this is not going to get us anywhere. Oh, next slide, sorry. On the other mask, by the way, they're just screening out common sense. Now, um, the, you know, I, we're cutting off my slides, unfortunately, but the, the, this is the first myth of mask wearing is that, oh, you hear this all the time. Oh, I know that um, it doesn't screen out everything, but I'm sure I can tell it's screening out my, I'm not coughing and sneezing on people, and that must make a difference, right? That's a myth. Here's, uh, I, was, I got this from, Dr. from Patrick Wood, I got this by permission, but anyway. So this is an anesthesiologist, Dr. Todd, and he's vaping in a mask. Now this is a surgical mask, and I'll make this surgeon's joke that he's an anesthesiologist, so he's wearing his mask too loose. But I'll go back one, you went too fast. Okay. So this mask, you can see, it does exactly what we're told to do. Okay. It's, it screens out, it's keeping that surgeon from spitting anything in the wound. Nothing's going out to the front, but what's it doing? It's going out to the sides. And I can tell you that even if you tighten up that mask, it will go out to the sides, right? And I know this, because when you're a medical student and you're taught how to behave in an operating room, what's the first thing they do when you're supposed to they teach you how to sneeze? You know, people might not think about that. But you're holding a retractor and the surgeon's doing this thing and you can't move and now you feel like you want to sneeze. And what you want to do is you want to go like this and get as far away from them as you can. But they tell you don't do that because you'll blow out the side of your mask right into the operative field. So we know these things do not, they're not hermetically sealed. They do not even collect sneezes. And so what, what, think about, the other thing is Dr. Blaylock points out in his video that this comes from, Think about walking down, they say you have to hand you one of these masks to go into the, the earlip mask to go into a, a grocery store, right? But think about what you're doing. If you really were infectious, you'd be walking down, all this plumage would come out infecting all the aisles of food. So now let's go to the next, next mask. Now this is more the kind of mask that you see people walking around with. I've never, I don't know about you, but I've never seen one of these masks until the COVID outbreak. This is something that industry is now at least making a profit on by making these masks. And they're a more form-fit cloth multi-layer mask, right? So what you see here is, he's vaping this mask, it now is not leaking around the side. It's, but your breath is taking the path of least resistance, it's going right out the front. So how, how protective is he? And also, remember the Chinese saying, it gets into your eyes? Is he protecting himself? Okay, now, somebody sent me this little meme on the right. It says, this is what virologists wear to protect themselves from virus, but don't worry, your bandana works <laughs> So I got that, and I thought that was pretty funny, but I said, you know what, I want to look and see what the really latest is in the, in the viral weapons lab. So I looked at Winnipeg, which is, by the way, is a key player in this whole thing, I think. And, and Dr. G from China, who's now somewhere behind the bamboo curtain, who's also a key player, that's her, sitting at the Corona lab in Winnipeg, and, that's, and, I, and I actually ran into somebody that knows that's her. Anyway, that's, that's, that's what she's wearing. Now, there's the actual coronavirus lab in Wuhan, okay? They're not wearing bandanas. They're not wearing masks. They're, they're taking, that's, that's what real virologists do. They can't be protected. Now, here's the second myth of mask wearing. And this is actually, I read this by, this doctor is actually an, uh, an infectious disease doctor out west. And I read this, this was in like a, 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 not a medical journal, but just a newspaper something. But she said, she says, by having a mask over your face, it filters out the majority of the viral particles. So even if you do get exposed to COVID, you're going to get very little virus in. And if you get COVID, you get less. You know, that, 
violates what her own literature is saying. Okay? I mean, the, the principle that there's less virus, less illness. We actually used to believe that there were, took a lot of virus to produce an illness, but that is a flaw based on the way we used to do the, the testing, the, the serious science. But now we believe, and that's in her literature, one virion, one influenza droplet can cause you to get the influenza, and six adenovirus. So these are very, very small numbers. We're down to, basically, it's, it's one particle can give you disease. But here's the next thing about it actually filtering out the majority of particles. In addition to what I just showed you with Dr. Todd, let's see what the next slide is. Um, serious scientists did things like this. This is from the Maryland Institute of Applied Environmental Health in 2013, and they actually put people with influenza in a hermetically sealed container. They put them in different kinds of masks, and they had them breathe. And a couple things that comes out of this, and some other similar studies. The first thing is, yes, it does keep the big particles in, okay? What gets out are the very small particles. And here's the catcher. When they actually cultured these things, they found the big particles don't have live virus in it. It's the tiny particles that have the live virus in it. So your mask is saving yourself, you're saving all this dead virus, and you're letting the live stuff go. And, um, yeah, so, now this is also reproduced in a less, less technical way. Dr. Kim in South Korea, he had COVID patients. He put them in a special hermetically sealed room, certain ventilation, and he had them cough repeatedly into an area, standard distance for petri dishes or, or environment or viral media. And he did it with a, with a surgical mask, cloth mask, no mask. And although there was a little bit of diminution in the number of actual cultures that grew, it wasn't appreciable. It's not gonna stop people from getting infected. Every, whether you were one or not, you coughed out infectious material that we could culture in a real world scenario. Now, if you're going to read one article on masks, this is the one I would read, okay? Dennis Rancourt, and you know he's probably right because he's being censored. Um, Dr. Dennis Rancourt is a former physics professor at Ottawa. And, and physics, I mean, uh, fluid dynamics is part of physics. And he looked at the fluid dynamics of air and viruses. And what he showed is that these little particles that we're talking about, these little particles, they, they are, they are impart their air fluidity. They're all around us. We live in like a, 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 a fishbowl of viruses all around us. And that they don't also, they don't settle by gravity usually, and they bounce around them. And in fact, so here's his point. If the virus, even if you believe that masks work 100%, if you're surrounded by viruses, Quote, even the slightest momentary facial misfit of the mask renders or renders the mask for respiratory, uh, a respirator entirely irrelevant, okay? And, and this is a poster that when this came out, now this is what they want you to think the world's like. And when this poster came out, my first reaction is, that's not science, that's a made up number, because you don't get science that gives you a number like 60. And you can see how the only thing they've got right here is that the big, big particles are dropping out as you go across, and the small particles go a little farther. But um, see how they magically dissolve before the blue guy? It just doesn't work that way. And I was right when I said this was made up. So another physicist, Lydia Baruba, who's at MIT, and she is a fluid dynamicist, she did a study, and she showed through high-speed high film and a bunch of other things. She watched this stuff go out from just people breathing 27.2 feet. Now, that's a real number. You know, that's something I can believe. So this is just nonsense. This is the way the world really works. Um, well, it's got cropped off. But, but it's supposed to be a big black screen with lots of little white particles that actually are the viruses, and you're standing in the middle of it. Okay? And so, quite frankly, now let me back up and say, 
as we've heard. There's, that doesn't mean that, that because masks work, there's nothing else. We've already heard there's early treatment. But the other thing is we know that environmental mitigation works. I mean, humidity works. UV works. Air circulation. Lots of things work, too. The community is huge for dropping viruses out of the airport. So we know about environmental uh, changes that make a difference. And, but this is just, you know, come on, you don't need to be a scientist to realize how silly this is. This is what you see people all the time. My husband, last night or two nights ago, went in to get some takeout food in a restaurant. He sat at the bar, and the bartender says this to him. He says, isn't this stupid? You have to wear a mask to come in here, but then you should immediately take it off and sit at the bar or sit at the restaurant. How can this, you don't need a science background to understand that that's nonsense. I mean, this is, they can be doing this thing. Now, there's another myth out there, and that that's, we've got tons of literature that show these things work. I've actually tried to look at that literature. And I found that it falls under two categories. The first category is uh, lots of studies that show that masks screen some particles. And they, they give you a lot of stuff that sounds very good about how they screen particles. But again, I just showed you, that's not really relevant because it's not screening enough particles to make a difference. And it's not screening the right particles. But then there's a new class. And, and because they don't really have, they haven't had studies that show it makes a difference where it really counts. What we really want to know is, if I wear masks, does it change the course of the illness? Can we see a real epidemiologic impact here? And, and so they tried to do this with this article. And this is uh, right up with Dr. Tadaro saying, no, I think this is not just bad science. This has been criticized. This is in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, peer-reviewed, very heavy shooting journal. And you know, it's been ground roundly criticized by other people that looked at all the details. But I can just say it could not have been this is beyond just being bad, you know, sloppy science. This is actually fraudulent. You know, here's a here's a curve, and, and you've heard previously about the, the curve of seasonal illness. You just saw one. Uh, Dr. Urso had this curve of seasonal illness. So they're claiming, these, these people wrote the article, that all that curve is a result of what they did in New York City. See, they did social distancing didn't work, so the curve went up. Stay at home kind of worked, so the curve flattened out. Masks, oh, masks really work, because they're pushing a mask in that. The grass really works, so see, the curve went down. But watch this. This is the Sweden death curve. It's the same downside. <laughs> Sweden had 6,000 deaths. The worst death place to be in the world is in New York City. So, and I could put up France, I could put up Nigeria, I could put up Arkansas. They all have seasonal death curves. So to say that that is, you know, that's, a, that's such a blatant scientific fallacy, a philosophical fallacy, the idea that because something, you know, post hoc ergo proctor hoc, because something happens before something else, it caused it. I mean, I was born two weeks before Eisenhower was elected. I don't think I got him elected. And there's lots of there's lots of literature about this. Okay, but here's one of my favorite pieces of literature just came out from the CDC this summer. And this is in May of 2020 in their own journal. And what they were looking at was influenza, which is a very similar type of virus, the way it spreads, etc. Same size. And they tried to look at things they could do to, to curb community spread. And they looked at mask wearing, hand washing, and disinfecting your environment. And guess what? None of it made a difference. Yes. And uh, this is the one the CDC says this is the only uh, randomized controlled trial of cloth masks. It was published in the British Medical Journal. And this is interesting because this kind of brings me back to that first picture of the guy with the, with the uh, drywall. They looked at cloth masks. And this is, in, this is in hospital workers, by the way. This is in the hospital. 
and they looked at surgical masks, cloth masks, and nothing. And what they found is, you can see the penetration rate of the masks. I mean, they're not really doing a lot. But when they looked at people who assiduously wore the mask, their relative risk of getting a viral illness was 13. In other words, they were getting sick 13 times more than the people not wearing the mask. Now, I can't completely explain that, but it goes along with some other things we're seeing, and I think that that's, that's a problem. And this was, it goes along with what just came out. Um, it, this is from the CDC from July, and they show that 85% of people that have COVID, it came out with COVID in July, reported always or usually wearing a mask. 85%. 3.9% said they never wore a mask. It's, it's so, and it's about the same with control. So the, another big myth here is that there's no risk to mask wearing. I'm going to tell you there's a lot of risk to mask wearing. Not the least of which is your carbon dioxide buildup. Okay? Now, actually, I found out something looking at this, that, that after four hours in a surgical mask, older surgeons uh, have some cognitive deficits that they've discovered. I guess maybe anesthesia is removed. But this is the uh, OSHA standards for carbon dioxide buildup, or carbon dioxide levels in, the, in our atmosphere when we're working. And their upper limit with Bill Accept is 1,000. I have a friend who's an internist. She puts little monitors in masks, and she found 10,000 in these highly restricted masks. You know, if, you have, if you're having any chest pain, I highly recommend you take the mask off because you want the best oxygen and lowest CO2 you can get. But here's what really bothers me is the highest risk of masks. We have a generation of children that we are terrorizing. We're putting them in masks. They, children learn to be human beings. They learn to uh, grow up and socialize because they can read faces. And we're taking that away. And we're, we're giving this, this inchoate fear of the world around them. You can't explain to a 40-year-old, I'm not going to go crazy if you put me in a mask. But this is damaging a generation. And this may walk into the next generation. This is not, we have to stop it just for this. Next slide. And in a moment of clarity, Dr. Fauci said he wears the mask as a symbol of good behavior. But let me tell you about This was another physicist who's uh, a big famous institution. And he pointed this out. You know, I'm from a railroad country, and when the Chinese came over to work the railroads, they were Han Chinese, but they came over with this Manchu Q. It's called the Manchu Q, that break. Why? Uh, because they were conquered by the Manchu, and as a sign of submission, they had to wear that break. And then he put up the mask. And then Dr. Fauci said, um, oh, well, masks aren't really suitable for, they really, they're not suitable for providing medical care to patients, i.e., they don't really work. But they do remind people not to touch their fat masks. <laughs> you know, to echo the last speaker, I find it just disgusting as an American who believes in liberty to think you're going to mandate I wear a mask so I don't touch my face. Let's think about that. And here's all you need to know. Masks, mandates are for us little people because the city of D.C., they don't, they, they, they exclude their people. Wisconsin governor exempts there. I think Ohio, Kansas, a bunch of government, governments are going to find it's just not practical for all their workers to be in masks. So they're exempting themselves. I don't have a problem with that. Just exempt me, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, if, you know, FDR said, in politics, nothing happens by accident. If it happens, you can bet it was planned that way. So it's no myth. And we're going to conclude here. Masks don't control viruses. They control you. And Biederman was a psychologist that looked at the Korean War veterans that had been in prison war camps, and he showed this whole idea of brainwashing with simple psychological manipulation, and one of them was enforcing trivial demands. I can't think of something more trivial than this. Now, you may think it's just a mask, you know, and that's why I'm here talking, because I have the next generation of my boys, I don't want them to live their life in a mask, because it's not just a mask. 
It may be soft like a ballerina slipper, but what it actually is, it's George Orwell's boot on the human face forever, unless we take this off now. So, thank you very much.